This is Ruin Willow, and you are listening to the Oh Fuck Yeah with Ruin Willow podcast. I'm excited you're here today. I have some amazing information to share with you about people who are kinky, people who have kinky sex, people who practice BDSM, people who live an alternative lifestyle. Did you know that there is a group that exists to help you know your rights and support you? I talked to someone from this organization in this interview, and it is so interesting to hear what she has to say. It's called NCSF, National Coalition Sexual Freedom. That's what the NCSF stands for. So if you're under 18, this is not a talk for you. This is for adults only. This is a nonprofit organization, and it advances equal rights for consenting adults who engage in alternative sexual and relationship expressions. It is located in Maryland, and they have so much help to offer people and so much information about permission for consent related to kink, uh, things that will just help you if you ever find yourself in a situation where you are facing shaming or somebody is limiting something in your life legally due to what you have done sexually. This is our mission statement. The NCSF is committed to creating a political, legal, and social environment in the U.S. that advances equal rights for consenting adults who engage in alternative sexual and relationship expressions. The NCSF aims to advance the rights of and advocate for consenting adults in the BDSM, leather fetish, swing, and polyamory communities. We pursue our vision through direct services, education, advocacy, and outreach in conjunction with our partners to directly benefit these communities. It's so interesting. It was so interesting to talk with her. And if this is you, if you have kinky sex, if you practice BDSM, or live in an alternative lifestyle, this is a huge resource for you. And I hope you listen, I hope you learn, and I hope you know that you have resources, you have things to help you and to seek out. So stay tuned as I talk to Susan Wright from this organization. Let's just do it. I am Susan Wright, and I am the Executive Director of the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom, and NCSF is the advocacy group for the kink and consensual non-monogamy communities. That means we fight for our rights. That's awesome. So very needed, because so many people have the wrong viewpoint of all of that. Yes, and unfortunately, what happens is a lot of people go by the stereotypes and the misconceptions and that causes stigma against people who are kinky or non-monogamous and that stigma can have real effects on people they can have effects on your mental health and well-being it can cause discrimination like people lose their jobs they can lose child custody so a lot of people are doing this and not realizing that uh, they could be at risk in certain ways. That's pretty, really scary to think about. I mean, you know, it's just your own personal 
choice to do these things and it's not harming anyone. I mean, in fact, it's, it's highly consensual. I mean, compared to the rest of the world and other areas of sexuality, it's highly consensual. So it's just so strange to me. And I guess it's the media. Do you think it's the media that brings the false beliefs on? It's a large part is the media dictates the conversation. And we know that because we've actually seen the media change how they cover us. Mm. Uh, For example, yeah, with 50 shades of gray. Yeah. We really had an influence in how the media covered that. They initially were talking about all oh, these book clubs and these suburban women, and they're going crazy for this, this book. And, you know, NCSF worked with other kink educators and a ton of voices just rose up and started talking about consent and, you know, the aspects within the books and the movies that were not consensual and Mm. red flags, things you have to watch out for. So by doing that, you know, we changed the way they covered it because before that kink was largely covered in terms of if somebody was kinky and they committed a crime or if, Mm. you know, these groups or religious extremists or politicians were attacking our events. So it's all very negative. And then after Fifty Shades of Grey, we really introduced this whole concept of consent into the public discourse. And uh, I really believe that we had a hand in kind of helping to bring us to that Me Too moment in 2018, Mm -hmm. where all of the voices kind of converged and we really started talking about consent uh, and sexuality. Yeah, I, I, I talked to so many sex therapists and sexologists and even authors, erotica authors, and everyone talks about what a splash, what a dent, what a explosion Fifty Shades of Grey brought to the world, whether it's, you know, good or bad, whether it's accurate or not, it really opened up the lines of communication. It really just did. And it's really kind of mind blowing. <laughs> It is. I mean, it's for some people, it was a negative experience. And I think I kind of liken it to the Stonewall, uh, <laughs> you know, because it was like, that was a terrible event, right? That was right. Yeah. People got hurt. But uh-huh. yet the way the media covered um, gay and lesbian issues back then um, right. changed. And mm. uh, that is what led us to the LGBTQIA movement that we have now, because mm, sure. The media just started covering it differently when they realized um, people were being discriminated against and hurt. And and the same thing happened with us. We've really been working on this, you know, for 25 years. We're celebrating our 25th anniversary this year. Nice. So we've had a real hand in how we are covered. And in fact, if you look at the media more recently, you'll see they're covering polyamory very differently. And there's still a need for us to comment on that because they focus too, too often too much on throuples, right? Yeah. Couples mm-hmm. exploring uh-huh. non-monogamy, <laughs> right? right? And that's certainly just like a small fraction of, um, mm, yeah. you know, consensual non-monogamy is just so much broader than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How common, I suppose you probably know all kinds of statistics and stuff. How common is consensual non-monogamy do you have any like (laughs) yeah consent consensual non-monogamy is actually um more common than you would think we have different stats uh about it but the the 
we were very lucky to have um, Debbie Hervenick did a prevalence survey. And prevalence mm. survey actually finds out statistically what percentage of the American population engages okay. in something. And mm-hmm. so uh, it was very interesting to find that 10% of women and 18% of men have engaged in a threesome. Mm. Yep. Right? Uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, smaller percentages for group sex mm-hmm. um, or for going to sex parties. But certainly that's that's a good chunk of people. And then yes. we really start talking about like kink up to 30% engage in spanking with their right. sexuality. You know, 22% engage in role-playing, 20% engage in um, bondage. So we're talking about millions of Americans. Right. And, you know, you can see also in the prevalence of erotica that people purchase these things, they want to listen to it. It's something, even if they're not doing it, they're interested in it. And they're trying to oh. somehow expose themselves. Oh, absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. They also found that, you know, sending and receiving just even privately nudes and suggestive texts, it's like 54% of women and 65% of men. Wow. This is how we're communicating with each other, right? (laughs) This is just uh, images are part of sexuality. Mm -hmm. Wow. That is really high. (laughs) So interesting. Well, you know, that just points to the fact that humans are sexual beings and some people like to pretend that we're not, but we are, even from a very young age, we are sexual beings. We'll be back after a quick break. This episode is brought to you by the Spring Cleaning Champions, Manscaped. This season, make sure the man in your life grooms his carpets and his drapes with the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. Have him clear out that winter bush with Manscaped's Lawnmower 5.0 and watch his confidence bloom like the springtime flowers. Embrace the season and have him join the 10 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With our special offer, go to manscaped.com and use code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, for the 20% off and free shipping. Have you ever been doing some oral pleasure and got some hairs in your mouth or your teeth? Well, (laughs) Manscaped can help with that. Try being clean-shaven or spring cleaning. After he uses Manscaped, you can say, "Hmm, let's get some busy with some spring fever in the bedroom. Try out Lawn Mower 5.0 Ultra. It is an amazing trimmer that features two interchangeable heads, one for taking a little off the top and the new foil blade to go smooth. If you want to go smooth for spring cleaning, make sure you try out Manscaped products. Bring on those smooth skin sexy slaps in the bedroom. And how do you do that? Use Manscaped products to shave clean down in your pubic area. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code RUIN. You have to use my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, all caps at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code RUIN at manscaped.com. Nothing like a little spring cleaning in his pants, right? In your pants if you're a man. (laughs) Spring clean your groin area. Try smooth. Try it with Manscaped. In America, especially, we have kind of a puritanical origin. Mm. 
Yeah. And yeah. And that has permeated our laws and our society. And, mm-hmm. um, it's, it emboldens people who want to impose their ideas of religion on others, which is exactly right. why America was established to stop. But yet right. the, the evangelical movement is based on the idea of telling other people how they're supposed to act. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can totally see that. You know, I mean, you, I, I love how groups like you exist that just just even use the phrase sex positive like why why do we have to think of sex as negative it's not negative but it gets shoved down everyone's throats through religion through laws through our schools just like you know just like you said so it's really i love that you're doing work to to try and bust that because that's what we need (laughs) absolutely we do a lot of different advocacy work some of our work is aimed you know at the media definitely but mm-hmm. we also go to the institutions that create okay. kind of systemic discrimination against us mm-hmm. we find it's very helpful to to deal with these um, organizations and try to work with them and to show them the harm that they're doing for example yeah. we worked with the american psychiatric association because they had in their diagnostic manual they called they called it paraphilias, um, sexual sadism, sexual masochism, mm. um, things like that. Right. And so yeah. we worked with them to differentiate the consensual, unusual sexual interests from the non-consensual. Right. And by doing that, we we saw, I mean, it was used, it was being used in family court to remove wow. kids from kinky parents. Yes. It was a horrible problem. In 2008, we had 124 parents come to us for help 124 it was it was nonstop, and it's the most fundamental thing having your child custody threatened just because of your sexuality right it was just disturbing it really was it was being used when people were being you know divorcing against parents against each other and was also being used by people outside the you know who found out about it and okay. called child protective services. Wow. But the yeah, the good news is that we did work with them through years of effort and got them to change their diagnostic manual and now it clarifies that people who are kinky and in community networks are mentally healthy as a whole. Right. And our numbers of child custody issues just plummeted down to 10 or 12 last year. And um, instead of 124 and a lot of those people, you have to be careful because again, it's, it's intersectional issues. Mm, If somebody's kinky and transgender, right. Right, A person of color and consensually non-monogamous, we find that there's, there is more issues and, and we're still seeing issues with people who are polyamorous or a swinger, you know, consensually Mm -hmm. non-monogamous. We see their kids taken away too. Under this idea that it's in the best interest of the child. That is so bizarre. Well, how did they even justify that? I mean, uh, who decided that? (laughs) Well, that's one reason why we want people to report to us. Because when, Mm. when we get our constituents to report to us, we can track 
what the problem is. And then we can try to work on it. So our polyamorous parents have told us what happens is that it's being introduced in family court, this fourth national incidence of study of child abuse and neglect. It was a report to Congress and it found that 2.4%, less than 3% of child abuse is committed by a partner's intimate partner. And about 3% is um, done by in-home, like step parents. Yeah. And so they they point to this and go, oh, see, there's a risk. But yet they don't, mm. the polyamorous parents weren't aware of the rest of the information. And in this table, it says that 7% of abuse is committed by foster parents. And like mm. 70 something percent is is by biological parents. And courts are not taking away child custody from from no. foster parents based wow. on this. Talk about using something the way you want to. That's just unbelievable. Right. So and this is why we need a group like NCSF to address these issues and to fight back. Uh, yes. This is completely unfair. It's completely discriminatory. And we need to fight back. So people can just like contact you and be like, this is what's happening to me or I know of this happening they can just like flat out like email you or how did they, how do they contact you? We have on our website, our incident reporting response. It's under our key programs. That's our direct help services. And um, you can send, you can fill out the form on that page. You can send an email to incident at ncsfreedom.org, or you can send it directly to me, Susan at ncsfreedom.org. And one of our incident reporting and response team We'll get back to you and we'll actually provide referrals to professionals who are kink and polyamory aware. We can provide resources like, for example, we'll send you our um, child custody and CNM parents, consensual Mm -hmm. non-monogamy parents, because we have a lot of information in there that you can use to combat uh, the attacks that you'll face. So yeah, we will, we can provide information. We can also provide our, um, from our experience, what we've seen work before, um, what we've seen hasn't worked. So we help with things like consent, consent incidents, um, for groups and for individuals, discrimination, um, job and child custody discrimination. And we also can make referrals. For example, if you're a group who's trying to set up a new group or an individual who wants to set up a business. I think this is so great. I, um, I don't know, maybe about a month ago or so, I was picked up, my podcast was picked up by Full Swap Radio, which is a internet radio station focusing on sex positive podcasts and alternative lifestyle relationships. So this is going to fit so well in that group for them to hear about this. I just think that's so fantastic. We have an app and we also have it on the on the internet so people can listen either way. But I just think it's great that I can funnel your information because all of these people are interested in that type of thing. It may be impacting them. So I'm really excited that that I get to share this with them and it will reach people that need it. Absolutely. And since this is an online-based resource, um, Mm -hmm. everybody needs to be aware and probably already are about the issues that we're having with FOSTA-SESTA and the new legislation that was introduced called the Earn It Act. Every time they try to, legislators try to restrict, uh, you know, they say it's in the name of protecting vulnerable people, but it often affects 
is much broader than that and affects sexual speech. Um, for example, mm-hmm. groups are being deplatformed, uh, especially if there's complaints made. For example, we lost our Twitter account for six months last year. Yeah. And yeah, we weren't sure what happened. We think it was just complaints by other groups that, you know, combat what we're doing. Yep. And we couldn't get it back. I mean, we did everything we could to try to get it back. And finally, I emailed Jack Dorsey, who was still the CEO then. And the next day we got our Twitter account back. Oh, nice. But that shows you what if, you know, the average person, how are they supposed to deal with this kind of stuff? So oh, exactly. Yeah, we submitted a, a brief in the FOSTA case, the Woodhull case that's challenging that law. And mm. we tracked all the things that we were being told sex therapists were getting their Facebook ads deleted. Yes. Um, sex educators were getting their educational videos deleted from YouTube. Oh, and I got, I got like, kicked off of YouTube. For, this is my fourth time I got kicked off of YouTube. See, that, and you're just trying to provide information. To yeah. help people be able to uh-huh. yeah. understand their sexuality. I mean, it's not like we're offering this formal education anywhere else. It's being done by people <laughs> like us. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And the other thing that drives me crazy as an erotica author is that Amazon, which, you know, they will sell our stories, but they won't let us pay for ads. Right. And they relegate you ads. where you, you aren't searchable. Right. That often you know, happens if to people too, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're right, we see sex educators that don't want to be in the erotica section, they want to be in educational so that somebody right. can go to Amazon and search just looking for a book. And yet, because of a line drawing inside their book, they've been shoved yes. into the erotica section, which is basically a black hole. If you don't have the link to a book, yeah, it's very hard to find. Yes, I know. I I interviewed an author and he had a, a self-help book, all education, therapy, talking about all these wonderful things to help people have better relationships. And he too, he he's like, I can't even advertise on Amazon. They made me unsearchable too. And he's pure education and therapy. And, and this is this is called chilling speech. It's technically against the First Amendment rights that we all right. have. Oh yeah, we should be able to talk about sexuality without having people tell us, you know, stifle us. Right, exactly. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who have lost their Instagram account. Like you were talking about, sex therapists, sex coaches, relationship coaches. Someone, and I don't know if it's driven by complaints, like you said, or somebody just, you know, there's a certain word. I know they have a lot of search filters and those kinds of things. Um, I don't know. And I just feel like the complaint must be a big part of it. Yeah. Complaints definitely are a big part of it. And, and there's people out there actively looking for people to stifle yeah. us. And also there's certain words you can't use. So yeah. how are you supposed to educate about sex? If you have to spell it S asterisk X. <laughs> I know. And, and they don't like the word clit or clitoris either. And I'm like, that's a body part. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> and I understand making this adults only. That's absolutely NCSF's mission is for yes. consenting adults. Absolutely. But yet there are ways that you can restrict this depending on the age of the person looking like on YouTube, you can actually say this is an yes. adult video. 
So Great. why is there further restriction happening? Exactly. And, and, and with the ads, you can, Amazon can target it towards people who either already buy that content or filter it by people who could like say, no, don't show me this content. I mean, there's so many ways they can filter. So it's just really disgusting to see this kind of oppression going on. Absolutely. And that's one reason why NCS, NCSF was formed. We're a coalition of groups and businesses and podcasters and <laughs> yeah, attorneys and uh, mental health professionals. And we have about 140 right now. Nice. And all of these groups and businesses join because there is a need for us to protect ourselves and we can't do it individually. Right, right. And, you know, that gives you more power, especially when you have all these professionals that you can draw from or, you know, get information from, support from, so many minds working together. That's just fantastic. Absolutely. One of our big, you know, we're an all-volunteer organization. I don't get paid. Nobody gets paid here at NCSF. (laughs) And so all the donations and the membership fees go directly to our work. And one of those big things is going out and education, educating professionals, going to these professional mm. conferences. For example, yeah. the American Psychological Association is having their giant conference in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the first weekend mm. of August. Nice. And so we'll be there with our exhibit booth. It costs thousands of dollars. It's, it's not mm. something that just, you know, an individual group can organize, but we can do it since we've got the support of the community. Yeah. And we were the only the only exhibit booth that dealt with sexuality at the past two conferences that doesn't make any sense i know because there's very little education i mean if you're a sex therapist you get a lot of education about sex but for just mental health professionals in general they don't get a lot of that education and it was really wild i mean tens of thousands of therapists and professors go through this giant you know, convention hall. And I would look around and we had three people in our booth and we would have people standing in line waiting to talk to us. And I'd look around at the other booths and they were just, you know, twiddling their thumbs, watching the activity. (laughs) That's awesome. It showed such a demand. Yes, absolutely. That's awesome. And that's just amazing. I mean, that's just evidence for everyone in that whole place to see. Wow, how many people want to talk about that? (laughs) Fantastic. And they need it because, you know, a lot of people, you know, we were talking about the the millions of people who do this. But Mm -hmm. when you look within that same um, survey, diversity, sexual diversity in America, it's, it's a very tiny percentage of people have actually attended a workshop an educational workshop to get the information about consent. Uh, So a lot of these people are going to their therapist or their couples counselor and saying, Hey, how do we do this? They're the ones that have to be educated so that they can help the people that are not accessing our community education or accessing YouTube videos about this. Oh, absolutely. That's so true. They need to know this information and it's good that they let you in at least. They're not blocking you from having a booth. I know. I'm very grateful to them. We've been there. This is going to be our third year. And we got a great booth this year. We've got a really visible booth. And I do think that some of these organizations, 
you know, they, they haven't been discriminatory against us. It's, it's actually been really wonderful how they've allowed us to be there. And, you know, I pick a booth that's very prominent and, and they give it to us. Right. So nice. we have to, we have to appreciate the APA to see the need. And perhaps that's what happened. They, they saw the need there yeah. at their conference and we have to keep showing up. That's the big thing about this. You, it, mm-hmm. it takes years to unfold this. Yeah, you have to right. just keep showing up and showing that you're a responsible, reasonable person. I mean, it's <laughs> it's so sad, but I've had people actually like see our table and then take kind of a big swing. So they're not coming anywhere near us. Oh, wow. They're like that avoidant <laughs> of us. Yes. It's so sad. Oh, they're so, so bad, put, uncomfortable. I know we put chocolate out. (laughs) They realize they withdraw them in, but it is, it's tough work. Some people, you know, some volunteers just really have trouble with it because it's, it feels so personal. Yeah. Yeah. And so many people are so judgmental, you know, so you're in, you're out in the open and you're going to get some looks from people that are going to judge you and be like, giving you like probably disgusting looks. Right. They make it very clear. I was talking to a lobbyist at one point with uh, way back uh, about 20 years ago, trying to talk to them. They were like a gay and lesbian um, with a LGB group at that time. Um, And uh, very friendly, having a conversation. And as soon as she heard that I was with NCSF, started backing away from me. What? it's, (laughs) It's like, uh, and that just shows us there's work to be done. That just shows oh, me. It just fires me up to to keep doing this work. Oh, I bet. I bet. Now, how do you advertise yourself? I mean, obviously you go to such things, but like to the general public, how do you get this information out to them? Yeah, it's very difficult. We actually rely on podcast and the media mm. to get this information out because if mm-hmm. we can make comments within an article, the next reporter who's doing a story on this will Google and find it or they'll find um, mm-hmm. interviews that we're in. And so we are now really attracting uh, reporters. A lot of times we end up doing background information. We're not really quoted, but at mm. least we're getting that information in there. So you know, we're doing 60, 70 interviews a year. So that's a, right. that's our big outreach to the mainstream. A sure. lot of our outreach goes to the actual communities themselves, the polyamory, mm-hmm. the, the swingers community, the fetish, the leather, the kink. Yeah. And so we go to these different um, conferences. We give workshops for these groups. We'll do a virtual workshop for free for anyone. Sure. And, so, okay. and we tailor it to your constituents. Um, and talk about things like, hey, the new explicit prior permission legal framework for consent to kink that NCSF worked with the American Law Institute to create. Wow. (laughs) That was another one of our big projects that we've been doing. Sounds fascinating. Yes, I I, myself, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know what to include. So that's just fantastic that they were worked with you. Yeah, they um, worked with our legal counsel, who became accepted to the American Law Institute. It's this very august group of <laughs> attorneys and <laughs> retired attorneys and judges and law professors. And they finally decided to revise the model penal code on sexual assault. The last time it was revised mm. was 1962. Oh my gosh. 
which tells you the state <laughs> of that law. And so yeah. what's happened is in that time, different states have adopted it and then adapted it. So there's a patchwork around the country. Um, 20 states don't even have a definition of consent in their sexual assault law. So <sighs> Makes they no rely <laughs> on, yeah, resistance and, and fighting back. And it's like, that's not how sexual assault works. A lot of people freeze. It comes out of the blue right. for them. So we help them create a um, the general definition of consent to sex, which takes into account the context of all the circumstances. If it's something that is more out of the blue, uh, you you know, and somebody freezes, it allows for that. It it's a, it, it allows for prosecutors to pr- prosecute that kind of behavior. Um, Mm. you know, the, the rough sex defense that we hear about where people are out chatting or on a date and they say, Oh yeah, I'm kind of kinky. I'm kind of kinky too. And then the next thing, you know, one of them has a throat around uh, a hand around their throat and they're being choked. That is not consent to kink. No. Um, No. If you're using (laughs) any kind of force or restraint, according to the revised model penal code, you have to talk about it first and you have to decide all the things that you're going to do first before you start doing it. Because so you tie somebody up and then you're like, okay, how about this? It's like, (laughs) of course, somebody's going to be coerced into doing stuff they don't want, right? Or they could be in subspace or they're already in that submissive headspace and they say yes to anything. Sure. Cut that off. (laughs) And that's just not the way that consent works for the use of force and restraint. So we're trying to let everybody know if you're doing any kind of kink that involves, you know, any kind of impact play um, or any kind of bondage or restraint, you absolutely have to talk about it first. Make it part of your foreplay. Yeah. Yeah. Text with somebody back and forth for four weeks and say, oh, this is what I would like to do to you. And and what what do you think of that? And then let them come back. And but yeah, you cannot just spring it on somebody. And you also have to have a way to stop it at any time, like a safe word or a safe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically, not only is it the thing you should do, it actually will protect people who are doing it consensually to talk about it beforehand. Absolutely. I mean, I think we're just not taught to talk about sex, which is why I love yes. the work that you're doing because mm-hmm. we have to teach people how to do it. That's one reason why our communities are so important. Mm-hmm. You know, so oh, we can talk to each other and destigmatize it for each other and make people realize, sure, this is something that a lot of people do. Don't be afraid. <laughs> exactly. And I, what I like too is that it also brings out to light that it's, there's no such thing as normal. Like people might say, well, normal people don't do that. Well, there's no such thing as normal. And look how many people are interested in it, whether they're even doing it yet or not. There are so many people just very interested in all of this stuff. And you can find people that are interested. I mean, the way the internet works, you can really kind of network Mm -hmm. and find these chat groups and specific websites that are dedicated to swinging or kink. Like Fet Life or SLS yep. or Cassidy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And even even polyamory's all over Meetup. <laughs> you can go to a Meetup and just look in your area for polyamory, and you can find it. 
And that's just super helpful for everybody to be able to share this information, which is why the restrictions on us being able to talk about this are so harmful. You know, we've done surveys. That's a lot of what NCSF does is original research so that we can influence uh, these Mm. institutions and legislators and local authorities. And in our research, we find that um, 80% of people are not out about their kink or their consensual non-monogamy. And one in five are not out even to their partners. Right. Right. Isn't that so sad that we can't even talk to our most intimate partners about the things that we're, we're fantasizing about? Right. Even if we don't want to try it, we should at least be able to share that. Oh, I know. There's the judgment. Then, and, and I think that's why a lot of people might be in that situation that they fear their partner judging them just for even having those thoughts or thinking, hey, that's hot. Hey, that's sexy. It's somehow uh, judged by many people. Well, it is based on the misconceptions and mm-hmm. and fear that's involved. And it's very difficult to ask people who are already struggling under that stigma to be able to articulate and defend and mm-hmm. be able yeah. to explain. So it makes sense why there is a significant percentage of people that they can't talk about it with anyone in their life. Just really sad. So it is, it, it, you're right. It is great that we have the internet. We have podcasts where people can talk about such things that, that people may just want to learn about it, or they just want to understand, you know, I'm having these thoughts. What does this mean? Um, am I a freak? Is anyone else like me? All these questions. And how to do it safely. There's, there's often skills involved in this. Oh, yes. (laughs) You know, you want to know how to make sure you're having safer sex and consent is huge. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, You know, people, even in colleges, the way they describe what consent is, you know, may I touch you here? May I touch you here? And we've discovered that, you know, constant questioning like that can be very coercive. Yeah, and, yeah, I, and mm-hmm. you you really do need to establish it before you actually start. Right, it's almost like badgering. Anything. Okay, can I touch you here? Can I touch you? It's almost like they're being badgered. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And and this idea of uh, this false idea that some people just say no, even when they want to say yes. Well, so what? <laughs> <laughs> if somebody's right. not even if somebody's not said yes. If they said, well, I'll think about it, or I don't know, or maybe that's a hard no. Exactly. <laughs> and and a the yes, ball no. is in their court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if they want to bring it up again, they will. Yeah. I was um, interviewing someone who is a sex educator and she's out in the world educating and she's Paula Amorous and um, her name is Dirty Lola. And when we were talking, oh, yeah. she... Yeah, <laughs> we were talking and, she, and I asked her, well, how do people prepare themselves? And she had a really good point too that books, even though they may be hidden, there are books that are out there that people can learn about this stuff safely before they embark on it. So, if, you know, yes, we might be getting blocked, but she's like, totally educate yourself before you do anything. Read. She even gave descriptions of books. <laughs> Read this and, you know, go on Fet Life and you know, totally investigate everything before you even 
step foot into doing such an act, whatever the act may be. Right. And just also be aware that there's, there's predators on the internet and uh, some people will do things like tell you, well, don't go into that group. Uh, It's dangerous. In fact, I'm going to tell you who you can talk to and who you can't talk to. That is a a sign of domestic violence. Yeah, yes, it really is. It's something that's kind of universal when somebody tries to cut up, cut off your conversation with other people. Yes. Um, and, and we also see people say, well, here, if you want to play with me, you have to do it this way. Run. Right. Just run. Because yes, the, this whole point is that you are personally exploring your sexuality and it's up to you what feels comfortable or what feels uncomfortable. And so if somebody is trying to tell you, like they call this mentoring sometimes, but these so-called mm. mentors are also playing with the people that they're mentoring. And right. that is a complete crossing the line. Um, if you're mentoring somebody, you're not supposed to have a physical relationship with them. Mm, right, 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 right. Uh, so you have to be aware that there are people that will try to take advantage because, you know, I was talking about this work that we did with the American Law Institute in regards to kink. Mm-hmm. As far as that goes, I mean, kink was in a legal gray area for a long time. And so that meant it was very difficult for people to report sexual assault if it involved any kind of kink activity. Mm. And thank goodness that is finally starting to change. But what that did was um, that meant that the community had to really self-regulate. Each group had to make sure that if somebody was reported to them for committing a consent violation that could rise to the level of criminal, like sexual assault, assault, blackmail, Mm -hmm. Yep. you know, stalking, that that they have a responsibility to their other members to make sure that this person doesn't attend. I mean, there is no right to attend a private membership group. Mm-hmm. And um, and businesses can reserve the right to to serve whoever they, you know, feel is a, as a fit for their consent culture. So right. we've, NCSF really enables groups to do this. We provide education. We have sample consent policies and procedures, and we're working actively with groups and businesses to help um, adapt this to, to their culture and to help them when they get reports of mm. the kinds of things that they should consider. There's also liability issues. If you let somebody in who's yeah. hurt somebody and they mm-hmm. hurt somebody else, that person can not only sue for you know medical expenses for the person who did it to them, they can sue the group. Mm-hmm. So groups need to have really stepped up and, and really realized um, that this is something that they need to do. But, you know, there's other groups that are not doing it, um, especially mm. if a group is being run by one individual. They Sometimes they call them houses. You have to look mm. carefully at that and make sure that they are following. They have a consent policy and procedure that they're following mm. the the norms of the consent of the kink community. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, so much to consider. And when people are thinking about embarking on this, I mean, there's so many things people haven't really thought about. So those are great tips for people that are just starting out and wanting to check out trying alternative things or new things, kinky things. Um, it's so necessary for people to learn that. It's just almost scary that people are doing things without doing those pieces. 
yeah, especially breath play, be extremely careful yeah, if you're doing yeah. any kind of erotic asphyxiation because it's it's dangerous. Um, yes. It's dangerous on a few different levels, and people don't realize that that it's very easy to kill somebody without even yes. um, doing too much. I mean, that there should be PSAs out there about mm-hmm. this <laughs> running right. on television. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> to be careful. Right. It's really, I mean, you know, when you look at kink in particular, like let's just look at kind of the more riskier thing that we do, which is kink because it involves the use of force and restraint. Mm-hmm. It's um, very few of the consent violations that are reported to us, like a tiny, like 3% um, involved some kind of injury, which mm. is great. That shows that we're, we're actually not doing extremely risky things, but the most risky right. thing is breath play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say also, when you look at these consent violations within the kink community, the majority are actually sexual assault. It's almost mm. like the kink community's gotten so good at negotiating the actual kink activities that yeah. they forget you also has to have to negotiate the sexual activities that you're going to do. <laughs> right, with right. The kink. <laughs> so true. Interesting. That's really interesting. I interviewed a man who who teaches uh, rope bondage. And he, he really focused on that too, how you just have to constantly communicating. You, know, you could really do some damage to someone if you're not doing the right thing. If you don't know what you're doing, especially if you're going to suspend them in air or something, you know, I mean, it's just, yes. he, he was just great to listen to because he's been doing it for years. He knows what he's talking about. And it just was great to see someone so responsible and so passionate about something and so into doing the right thing for that person. It was, you know, and he just focused on how individual it's right for that person. Not even just across the board of what you should do. It's individual. Right. Because people can have different pre-existing conditions. Yes. Um, you know, they have different physiological responses. They have different experiences. Mm-hmm. Some people could have a trauma in the background that yeah. affects how they play. So mm-hmm. you, it really is, that's why you have to have a conversation beforehand. Yeah. And I know a yeah. lot of people who don't have the education within the community are not having right. enough of a conversation. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, I do like that too. There's a lot of passionate people out there. If you go to our website, you'll see a lot of this, these resources under consent counts. We mm-hmm. have all of our guides for groups. We have guides for individuals. Nice. We have our graphic about what you need for explicit prior permission because it's now being introduced in court cases instead of the old case law, right? So Mm -hmm. people need to know. And you can also find our allies. I think it's um, people who are really interested in this. We have a page of our allies and they can check out, um, it's under who we are. Um, Groups like the Woodhull Freedom Foundation, the Association of Black Sexologists and Clinicians. Mm -hmm. Um, Karis, Tashra, the Sexual Health Resource Network. So if you're looking to explore this further and other groups that are working on sex positive advocacy, you can go there. Yeah, that's great. And then people can find resources through that, right? And and they'll know that you guys have looked through them and say, "These these are reliable, these are good. Yeah, these are our allies. These are the people we're working with. There's even kink the vote, so you can register to vote. <laughs> awesome. Now, very you, important. Uh, Please vote. We're. I just have to say something about this because we have seen that, especially the Supreme Court, 
mm. um, can have such an impact on our rights. Oh, yes. Uh, they are now threatening Lawrence v. Texas, according to Clarence Thomas, who mm. would like to see that reconsidered. And um, Lawrence v. Texas is often called the anti-sodomy law because it got rid of, mm. you know, it overturned all the sodomy laws at the state level. Okay. But it really is more than that. It really protects privacy rights for consenting adults. Yeah. And yeah. Right. All of our work is based on Lawrence v. Texas. We would not have been able to make this change with the American Law Institute without mm. Lawrence. And um, it, it's really underpinnings, legal underpinnings. And now that's threatened. Mm. So wow. anybody who sat out these big federal elections, you know, it's having an impact. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're doing what you do. <laughs> Where else can people find you? So you're on Instagram and you're on Twitter. You're, you're we're on, on Twitter, Twitter uh, NCSF on Twitter, and um, we're on Facebook, NCS Freedom on Facebook. And you can go to our website, ncsfreedom.org, and we have a blog. And you can sign up to get our media update digest. We send that out every two weeks. And what we do is we track the media around mm. um, kink, polyamory, sex positive, uh, sex laws. And that also contains things like our action alerts. And mm. uh, so if you sign up for that, you'll get an email and, you know, you can go check out how they're covering us and you can comment back to help change the way that we're covered. Yeah, that's very important. And I just, it's a great resource for people. I just think it's great. And I really appreciate what you guys are doing. It's so needed. <laughs> so needed. It's almost, it's just small. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we appreciate you doing this too. It's, it's wonderful having these voices speak out and, you know, you're gathering this information and you're passing it on to people. It's, it's very valuable. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's so needed. People need it. And just people who are getting threatened in some way to know that they aren't alone and that they actually have some sort of help out there. We're here to help. <laughs> That's awesome. Is there anything else that you would like to touch on that we haven't talked about yet? I would love for people to join NCSF if they can. Um, mm. And if you're a group or business and want to become a coalition partner, they actually, our coalition partners run NCSF. They vote on the board and they, and they dictate what projects we work on at our annual meeting every year. And mm. if you are a group or organization that can't afford to pay the $100 membership fee, we're glad to waive that. Mm. We do not want to have a barrier to being involved with NCSF. That's so, great. Um, encourage your groups to join NCSF. And if you're a group organizer, you know, please do join. And we also have individual members. So if you want to support us, we would love it. Very nice. And again, your website is ncsfreedom.org. Yes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I really am so glad that we get to put this information out there. I'm excited to share it with my audience. And it's just great because it can be out there for people to find, you know, in years to come. It's just fantastic. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. You have a good day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you found it helpful. 
Remember, you can find more information about the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom at ncsfreedom.org. And they are on Instagram as National Coalition Sexual Freedom. Yes, yes, yes. Check them out. They have so many resources. They have a blog, um, ideas for permission, for consent, for kink. And if you want to request an NCSF workshop on consent for your group or events, you can do that. You can order their brochures and cards. They have a YouTube and they have a great amount of resources out there. Let's define BDSM versus abuse is another area. They're also on TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. And on Twitter, they are at NCSF, a nonprofit organization primarily focused on the rights of consenting adults in the BDSM, leather, fetish, swing, and polyamory communities. Okay, check them out. They are a great resource. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast, and I hope that you come back again. I would love a rating from you and a comment, a review on my podcast. Good reviews make such a difference for a podcast. Please review mine if you enjoy my work. I would love to hear your thoughts. And we'll put my links down in the podcast notes in the link tree that shows you, leads you to everywhere I am on the internet for my erotic audiobooks, my erotic books, and everywhere else I am creating content. Okay, thank you again for listening to this, and I hope you have a sexy fucking day. Love ya. Ready for some spring cleaning of your beard and groin hairs? Try out Manscaped products where you can get 20% off with my new code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to get 20% off and free shipping. In order to get the discount, use the promo code RUIN, R-U-A-N, to do that spring cleaning to get yourself ready for sexy times. Heat up your spring with a new shave, a new trim. Perhaps try going there. Get more skin smacks in the bedroom, if you know what I mean.